Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello and welcome to this special episode of AB Cinema Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing some of the Easter eggs that I was able to see in the in the movie Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And so let's just start off with the opening of the movie. There are spoilers in this, so if you haven't seen the movie, stay away from this episode. In the beginning, we heard the prayer to Bast from Shuri, and in the opening scene, before the doors open and before we even see any footage from this movie, we hear Shuri just saying a quick prayer to Bast, essentially, asking her to help her to to find, figure out how to heal her brother from this mysterious disease that he has. It was a really touching and emotional scene, and very powerful, and it kind of just shows how desperate Shuri was to to save her brother's life. And it, it sets her off on this interesting path of science versus faith. And so it's definitely an interesting trajectory, but it's not only interesting because of what it does to the character of Shuri, but it's also interesting because we did see Bast in the movie Thor Love and Thunder. She was in the movie and in the scene regarding Omnipotent City and where all of the gods were, just hanging out and having their, their meeting and discussing horrible things. And anyway, that's that's the interesting cameo regarding that and the interesting plot development. But then shortly after that, we also heard her talking to Griot, who was voiced by Trevor Noah, who was originally, I, I believe he also had an appearance in the original Black Panther movie as an AI, for sure he's AI as well. And so it was cool to hear his voice again in the MCU. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really unique. Uh, but Agria is a member of a class of traveling poets, musicians, and storytellers who maintain a traditional a tradition of oral history in parts of West Africa. So I thought it was interesting that the name is Agria because he is essentially artificial intelligence who knows so much about a- Africa and Wakanda specifically. And so it'll be really interesting to see this AI come into play later on. Maybe we'll get in in Shuri's suit someday. Who knows? But let's move on to Talakan. Namor, or Namor, is a mutant, which was really exciting to find out in this movie. And it was honestly one of my favorite things because anything regarding mutants gets me excited for what's to come in the MCU. We found out that he got his powers from the heart-shaped herb and the, well, not really the heart-shaped herb, but a plant that was growing out of the vibranium deposit that hit um, by where his mother and her tribe was. But it was really interesting because this this herb, or the heart-shaped herb, turned the rest of his people blue. And it didn't change his 
um, his skin color. So it's just interesting because he's technically a mutant to his people rather than a mutant to the surface dwellers because everybody in Atlantis is technically a mutant to the surface dwellers. So I just thought it was really interesting. I, I like the fact that he has wings on his ankles. It made for really interesting storytelling. And I really enjoyed this this aspect of Namor. I, I'm really hopeful that he'll be part of the X-Men franchise and have some dealings with that team. Whether he's trying to help them with uh, Krakoa or if this giant who knows what i don't even know what's going to happen but it would be really interesting if namor was involved with the x-men in some shape or form um and also the cool thing about namor is where he gets his name the original version of namor was named namor because of roman spelled backwards he the creator thought it sounded very roman-like and decided to name him that because it sounded um, very strong, a very strong name and powerful name. And so they took some liberties with that, changing his origin to be Mesoamerican and gave him the name Namor, which came from El Nino Sin Amor, which means child without love. And I thought it was really interesting because they completely took a 180 with his origins instead of having him have this Greek Roman roots with the mythology of Atlantis and following that, they completely changed his his comic origin and gave him something new and refreshing that reflected a modern... It was just a modern version of Atlantis. I really enjoyed it, and I'm very excited to see Talakan and future MCU projects. I, I would love to see this this society and this, this place that he comes from. And why he's so devoted to his people so another thing that has to do with namor is his his battle cry which is imperious rex and from the comics it's latin for empire king so that was just a cool nod to the comics and the character and his catchphrase in the comics i love that touch and it was really cool to see that on the screen when he said it so also i wanted to say that there was a line that um, Namor says in his his riling up of Talakan to go against Wakanda and take them down. There was a reference to Iron Man 2 because in a throwaway, throwaway line he says, We will not move again, which means that they have previously moved before. And so this was a really cool nod to the Iron Man 2 movie because we know that there was a... A plot on the map when uh, Nick Fury is talking to Iron Man about no longer being on the team and stuff like that and it, it was just a really interesting development because we saw Namor uh, or Atlantis at the time on the map which we now know as Talakan but it's it's just kind of a cool cool little Easter egg to shield knowing about the whereabouts of Telecon and then they had to relocate in order to stay hidden from the surface world so I'm curious to know if 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 uh, Namor has had any run-ins with Nick Fury or any of the agents of shield so we'll just have to wait and see so let's move on to some other Easter eggs that were pretty big Ironheart with her trying to go up and take out the drone 
when they were running from the U.S. government or the CIA trying to save Riri, and then they were all taken by Telecon. Um, anyway, when Riri is trying to take out the drone, she decides to fly really high and runs out of oxygen, which is a callback to Iron Man, the first Iron Man, where he um, flies up into the sky for the first time and loses oxygen and his suit freezes as well. And so it was just an interesting nod to the origin of Iron Man and Ironheart having the same issues. So it'll be really interesting to see her and her development in the next show that she'll star in, which is her own show. Another reference is Shuri when she's talking to uh, Namor. She says, Vengeance has consumed us, which was actually a reference to Civil War and almost an exact line that T'Challa used when speaking to Baron Zemo, which is interesting because T'Challa's storyline in Civil War is very similar and kind of a parallel to, to Shuri's um, storyline in this movie. So it was a really powerful moment, and it just showed how, how prepared she was to, to be the, the next Black Panther. Another cool thing about this movie is when um, there's a little reference to the news when, when we find out that King T'Challa has died, uh, or, or maybe it's Queen Ramonda, I can't remember. But there's a reference to Scott Lang's tour for his book, Looking After the Little Guy. And we also know that he has the podcast from Big Me, Little Me, which was revealed in Miss Marvel. And so it's interesting that we're starting to see the Easter eggs for that movie pop up a little bit more frequently. So now we're going to get into the T'Challa stuff and the cool Easter eggs that we had of his character. Obviously, there's the big big easter egg of marvel switching the credits to all of the fun script that not fun but it was just an emotional um an emotional credits role where we saw just t'challa in the mcu and that just sets the mood that this was a an homage to the character of t'challa and to chadwick and that they were doing it for him and trying to create a really powerful movie for him but there was that and then we also there, I want to just say something about the first Black Panther movie there's a quote from T'Chaka when um, when T'Challa visits him in the ancestral plane he T'Chaka says a man who has not prepared his children for his own death has failed as a father and so it was just really interesting because we we saw that in the last scene when Nakia was talking to to Shuri that that he had prepared them for his death and so it was really cool and really powerful and it's the thing about T'Challa's son T'Challa or Toussaint is it's not an exact adaptation from the comics which his son wasn't first introduced in the comics he was first introduced in the next avengers cartoon movie when they had a marvel animated universe which i actually really enjoyed some of those movies and that those are what got me hooked onto the marvel movies and got me excited for movies like iron man and avengers and thor and captain america so azari is the son of t'challa and aurora monroe now, Aurora Monroe was not introduced in this movie, and she is also known as Storm and is a member of the X-Men. 
but it's just an interesting little Easter egg that they they changed up who his son is in this movie and I'm very curious to see how that's gonna play later on. We also learned that Nakia moved from Wakanda six years prior to the movie taking place in 2024 which means she left Wakanda just before the invasion happened with Thanos and his army and before the blip. And we also know that Nakia and T'Challa, the T'Challa Jr., lived through the blip. And so they were still alive and didn't die or dust away when when everybody else did in, in the Avengers Infinity War movie. It's just kind of interesting to think about. So, and that also explains a little bit about why he's a little bit older and he's like six years old. But anyway, the thing that's really interesting about T'Challa's son, and this is more so going into theory time, but I kind of think that he's going to be a mutant. And the reason is because T'Challa had the heart-shaped herb running through his blood, which means that T'Challa Jr. could have gotten some of that heart-shaped herb into his system similar to how Namor got his powers and his mutation from the heart-shaped herb. And so, who knows, but maybe T'Challa will actually be a mutant in the MCU. And we also know that mutant powers don't necessarily come when they hit puberty like it does in the comics. And so, it could be that T'Challa already has powers and is already showing signs of being a mutant so i'm really curious to see this character in the future of the mcu and to see what he's going to bring because that's just is really interesting to me and i i hope that the character of t'challa is given respect from ryan coogler and whoever else takes control of of the wakanda stuff later on anyway that wraps up today's special episode of ab cinema ab cinema make sure to follow us on facebook Instagram, Letterboxd, or Twitter. And you can email us at abcinema.pod at gmail.com. Have a wonderful day. Thank you all for listening. And as always, keep watching movies.